Hello, I'm your host, Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by Citilets and Arla Property Mart Scotland. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting, investment, legislation, personal stories and much more. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's Talk at citilets.co.uk. Joining me today are John Cox, Managing Director of Cox & Co and Director of New Business, Neil Bukes. Morning. Good morning, Gillian. Lovely to see you. Nice to see you both again. Morning, Gillian. Morning, Gillian. How are you doing? You well? I'm good. I'm very well, thank you. Very Perfect. well. Wonderful. So I'm thinking it was, it doesn't feel like it, in fact, it doesn't feel longer, but I think it's been almost a year since you were both in and um, when Cox & Co had just recently expanded with appointment of yourself, Neil. Mm-hmm. And then I think an additional property manager as well. That's right. So, and then... The rest of 2023 saw Cox & Co experience significant further growth with additional staff recruited and the company has expanded its operations to include property sales. Do you want to tell us more about this exciting period for the organisation? Sure, I think when, we, when, when Neil came on board, I think, I think we spoke about this a little bit when we were here with you last, the whole um, idea that Neil and I had or, or when, when I first interviewed Neil, we uh, the best way to probably put it was we, we immediately got on, we immediately understood that we both had very similar visions about where we saw Cox & Co and where we've, we've seen the business growing and we set about getting straight into it on day one and that um, we haven't really stopped since. Um, Neil came on board as our business development manager but the vision was to, to help me grow um, all areas of the business. The plan was to try and help me get a better uh, vision, help me on the mission and the values of the business, but then also to try and help me break down the different areas. And I suppose the best way to kind of um, eloquently put it across today is we now, from from 2022-2023 to now, we've got a a four-pillar approach as a business. Cox & Co now still very much is Scotland's only property investment house, but we've expanded and eloquently broken down these four pillars. So we are still very much a mortgage brokerage. We are still very much a letting agency. And we are still very much property investment specialists and we've added our new arm, our estate agency arm as well, which gives us, as I said, four pillars under the one roof. And myself and Neil have been on a a bit of a journey and it feels a lot longer than just a couple of years together. Mm. Um, And so much so it's where Neil has also had a promotion to become my director of new business to assist me with uh, liaising with those four pillars and my wonderful teams that are now running each area answering into Neil to make sure that they're all running smoothly. And and then the statement on your website, everyone will be part of the property market at some point in their life and sometimes it can be stressful. I mean, this encapsulates searching for and securing a home or investment property perfectly. Cox & Co offer a turnkey proposition to clients. Can you go into more detail about how you can help people um, with their property journey? Sure. the best way to explain what we do at Coxico is this. Um, my mortgage brokers can be speaking to a first-time buyer in the morning and they'll walk out the office big smiles on their face. They've just got their first agreement in principle. They can progress with buying that new build. Ten minutes later, we could be speaking with a high net worth um, US-based investor that's looking to spend a million pounds on property across the central belt of Scotland. And we can intricately break down um, the lend, the lending requirements, the sourcing requirements, um, all their insurance, mortgage lien needs and so on, go away, source those properties for the client, tie everything up with a nice big bow and then take on those properties to manage it for them. 
providing them um, advice throughout that's far more than just property management, offering quarterly and annual reviews, uh, valuing those assets annually for them and essentially offering a, an investment management proposition for bricks and mortar. So we can do a mixture of absolutely everything. We can source somebody a property, we can sell someone's house for them. We can do everything in terms of mortgage and secured lending sphere for clients, whether it be residential, commercial, development finance, you name it. Or we can just take on a disgruntled landlord from, an, from another agency that wants a better service. Um, so we can offer, the, the, what we have now constructed between myself and Neil, and this is where the real vision lies, is that we still want to be able to offer single transactional business for clients and give them what our bread and butter is. Um, but at the same time, we can go into far more intricate levels of advice and detail for clients that require it, which having all that under the one roof is really what gives Cox & Co our niche. Absolutely. Well, let's focus on the investment side just now. What investment strategy does Cox & Co primarily use and, and how do you stay updated on market trends and changes? I think that I'll, I'll, I'll just jump in while I'm on a roll. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah, was it, I was, yeah, going to go back off the old ones and going to We source properties for our clients but and we can do all the lending like I've said but it all comes back down to that initial discovery meeting or discovery call with our clients. It's, it's more about getting to know our client, getting to know their requirements, getting to know their wealth requirements. Um, we very much are wealth managers for property so it's not just a case of yeah, let's go away and source you a flat and we'll add it into your portfolio and manage it for you. It's a far more level of, not just holistic advice, but far more intricate detail that we go into. So there's no real set um, process. There's no real set type of investment process that we go down. We, we build portfolios for clients based on their requirements. And yes, we do need to signpost them in the right direction or we need to sit down with them and offer a bit more advice. Not everyone knows exactly what they need, which is great. And again, that goes back to meaning that every meeting we have is very, very different. So but I would say that we are very much down the line of quite um, vanilla property investment. I've, I, you know, I've been doing this now for nearly two decades. I'm a, you know, I've, I've been there, done it, seen it. I've made the mistakes myself personally. I've seen clients make mistakes and we've had to come in and unravel and tidy things up. I genuinely believe the best way to invest in property is to do it. Simply, if things are too good to be true, it means that it is too good to be true. Um, start with working um, working out the correct structure to begin with and then begin to create a lovely bit of balance across that portfolio. Don't put all your eggs into one basket. Um, make sure we're looking at different postcodes. Let's make sure that we are trying to calculate um, uh, the, not just as strong a net return on investment but also ensure that we're getting the right levels of capital appreciation across the portfolio. So we have some sort of standard practices that will go down but we very much believe that every meeting needs to be, uh, or should I say, have a far more holistic approach to them when it comes to every client. Well, with regard to buy-to-let mortgages, I've had a few questions and you know from discussions with landlords and, and queries that they've wondered about, and I know it's 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 areas that you you specialise in. But just to touch on, can you can I just ask you a few things? Obviously, you know it's. it's down to kind of individual circumstances, but what factors should be considered when deciding whether to use a mortgage broker or, or stay with the current provider for loan renegotiation? Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realise that that question itself they should be asking a broker directly. Um, a lot of people seem to think that letter comes through the door to tell them there's an opportunity to do a product transfer. <laughs> um, 
by going to a mortgage broker and asking them that question, they'll happily give you that free advice. And if they don't, there's something wrong. Um, I know certainly if people were to come to Cox and & Co and say, hey, I am with X lender, um, they have offered me these, op these options to stay with them, what do you advise? We are bound by the FCA. We can't just go, oh no, trust us, jump onto this different one, let's remortgage. It's not about the fees and so on, it's about the viability for the client and we have to give people best advice. Um, so therefore, my honest answer to that would be, come and speak to us, ask us the question, should I stay with my existing lender and do you know, a product transfer, um, or should I be looking to refinance and move to a different lender? The beauty of that question when clients come to us is, we then take the time to fact find correctly before we even answer. So let's get a proper understanding of what you need, Mr. or Mrs. Client, because I'm a great believer that most clients think they know that they need one thing, and nine times out of 10, they actually need something different. So once we get a better understanding of what their requirements are, and understand what their lending is, what their longer term strategy is, we can then advise and answer that question accordingly. Okay, well, say when choosing between, say a five year or, or 10 year mortgage term, what aspects should be evaluated? Is it advisable to opt for the longest term available to minimise financial risk, even if you were planning to sell within that period and therefore risk a higher early redemption charge? Mm -hmm. I mean, Neil and I see this all the time in the office. If we were going to the route of buy-to-let lending for our experienced landlords and our investors, when they come to us initially, you know, they're putting their foot into the water, toe into the water, dip their toe into the water, that's the term. <laughs> yeah. that's the term. Indeed. <laughs> um, we tend to kind of prefer a five-year strategy, a 60-month strategy to kind of get the ball rolling. You know, we can't, we'd, I wish we did have a crystal ball. I'll sometimes mention on my LinkedIn post that I do, but uh, unfortunately I uh, let the cat out of the bag. I don't actually have one. <laughs> um, I'm not a big fan of 10-year fixed rates. Um, I just think it's a bit too long. We don't know where the market's going. I've always, even right back in the um, early 2000s and so on, when I got into the game, I've always liked the idea of fixing longer than just a two-year deal. Two years, I mean, look, we are sitting here just now, can't believe that it was as long ago as it was that we, we, we chatted. It, time just flies past. 24 months is nothing. Mm -hmm. um, you about, just, uh, just mention, you should say about the, the amount of time that you've, you've been in the side of... of property and mortgages, but you've also come from, so not only 20 years, your father from that side, so you can have carried over a lot and learned a lot of kind of experience and, and knowledge from him too, so it's that kind of additional as well, isn't it? Yeah, Back sure. 20 years. Oh no, that, that's the thing is I got into the game 2003. That 2000, family of, yeah, of business. Yeah, 2003-2004, uh, my father was a mortgage broker uh, and insurance broker for since I can remember, um, so I learned a lot from him growing up. and. I kind of came into the game uh, at the right time when interest rates were still quite high. I was then throughout a, a really big crash. I, I remember doing self-certification mortgages and 125% lending and so on. Yeah. <laughs> I've been through a lot throughout the process and also learned a lot from my father who's got 40 odd years experience in mortgages. So when I, when I diversified and then started moving the business into property management, letting, sales, sourcing, etc, etc, etc. I'm now in a position, personally, uh, professionally, I've got 20 years experience of both. And it's, it's so I've, I've, again, for me personally, it's quite good because I can advise clients on both sides um, comfortably and confidently because of the length of time I've been doing it. So going back to five years or 10 years, um, there's no right answer. 
I think we really need to delve into the detail for the clients. We comfortably and happily will sign up a 10-year fixed rate for clients if we, if they can prove to us that there's a reason behind why they're asking for that in the first place. Right. We will always provide clients with options, whether it be residential or buy-to-let. Here's the best two-year, your best three-year, best five-year, best 10-year, etc. But if it was to pick today, best five or 10, I think picking a five-year deal would be your best option, gives you the best of both worlds. Doesn't right. tie you in for too long. What if a landlord then was to come to you with a portfolio of properties that that wasn't performing as well as it you know has done historically? What would be your advice to them if they were looking to review or even sell the portfolio? Sure, that's definitely one for you to yes, start with. Yes, definitely one for me to start with. Well, Gillian, to be honest, this isn't uncommon in the current climate. We're seeing it a lot. Cox & Co obviously specialise in um, portfolio management. It's um, one of the biggest parts of our business. Um, a lot of the portfolios that we manage, we give annual reviews on them in terms of their performance, so it's not uncommon for us to do this. Taking that into consideration, in the current climate with rent caps, with interest rates going up previously, we're seeing a lot of um, people that have managed their portfolios themselves, where they've become it's become a little bit of a crisis in terms of what they were making before to what they're making now. So what they would do is they would come to us and see what their options are. Uh, if they've not done anything about it themselves, what we would do is we would do a portfolio review for them, a free portfolio review, and that would scrutinize everything from their existing rates they're on, how the properties are run, what the rentals are at the moment, um, whether they've been increased in the past, um, and we'd cover everything. Uh, with them in terms of a review. Including, One, value, including value. Including values yeah. too, yeah, including values. It would basically be a spreadsheet that would calculate everything in terms of where their current portfolio sits and how it's performing, and that would give us the information on how we could potentially improve it. Once we've got all that information to hand, because we've got everything under one roof, mortgage advisors, a lettings team, as well as a sales team, that would assist in terms of us giving their best advice to potentially restructure that portfolio. Um, it's not uncommon, uh, we use the analogy, if a horse isn't running as well as the other horses, there might be a scenario where they would need to sell that property um, and then restructure their portfolio so that it makes an optimum return for them. Yeah. But the best way to put it is we we offer um, we offer detailed advice on their portfolio. Which properties are returning correctly? Which ones are growing correctly? Which ones have maybe just unfortunately had some um, a bad run of remedial works and so on? And on paper, they might think this this property is terrible. This is a uh, it's not working for us. It's not performing. Help! And we actually look at it. And think, well, it's probably your best performing property. You've just had twelve months of bad luck. Yeah. Mm. So we're in a position. Best a lot in repair and maintenance. Correct. Correct. So we'll we'll take in consideration and and get that breakdown from them. We'll we'll compile all their costs they've had over a period and go back to them and, and liaise and and either look to restructure. And as Neil says, we're we're quite comfortable going to clients and helping them remove the dead wood if we need to exit on some properties. We'll help them source new ones to add in, and we'll build out the portfolio to try and get it to hit those, the numbers that they require. The big problem we found, Gillian, is that a lot of clients don't actually know what they want from their buy-to-let portfolio. So actually, when we have these reviews with clients who've you know they've they've reached out to us to say we've been doing it on our own and we're working with a different agency, but we could do with a, um, with uh, your your opinion on this and come to us for second opinion. Um, we actually tend to open up their eyes a lot in terms of say, well, okay, well, what what 
what, what your challenges, what your pain points, but also what do you want from your properties? What are the hopes, dreams, and aspirations? And when you get into that sort of holistic discussion, it's amazing what can come out of it. Some, some clients don't even want the blooming properties. They've just come across, they've, you know, they've inherited them and so on. And before you know it, you can actually assist them by releasing a lot of capital, selling those properties for them, use that money to sell off in the sunset and do something else with it entirely. You know, they could be stocks and shares guys and all they want to do is put it into other investments and they feel they're completely tied to these properties when actually in fact they're not. Sometimes you can just sit down with them and say, well actually my wife needs to retire next year so we need to replace her income with this much money from these properties um, per month help and it could be as simple as us working out a strategy to hit that net figure in a monthly basis for them and we've got 12 months to do it and that, that's completely possible I think the key really is that we I mean I made the joke of saying that we're stockbrokers for bricks and mortar but really we kind of are that's exactly what we can sit down we, we will work and work it out and devise strategies for our clients to ensure that their property wealth is working correctly for them and sometimes as I said they don't even know whether it is or not, and we can sometimes just give them that reassurance and allow them to walk out and be very happy that things aren't going correctly for them. Well, here's a more specific question that would be more applicable to a portfolio landlord that was wishing to remove themselves from a joint loan, say with their son or daughter, and transfer ownership to them, but are encountering difficulties with the mortgage provider refusing uh, to remove them from the loan. So any suggestions or advice on how to proceed with this type of situation? Yeah, you're, you're testing us now. <laughs> testing us. Um, yeah, look, there itself poses, there's a number of questions around that, whether or not the, there must be title issues, I suppose. Why is the lender not allowing them to come off? Is it built into a limited company currently? So what structure is in place? If it's solely the properties are owned by the person personally, and they're trying to come off of it and add somebody else, you can do it that way, that's a sale. Um, if you add the person on as a joint mortgage, I don't see why that would be a problem. If the existing lender's got, you know, not comfortable with it, then we, there's always the option of remortgaging or um, moving to a different lender, uh, just moving the security, or moving the debt to a different lender ultimately. Um, again, if, in all honesty, with that, um, they need to come and speak to us. If I'm totally honest, I, I, we can give you the right answers to that, but without knowing all the intricacies, ownership, structure, um, all the legalities around it, and how much debt is against these properties as well. Um, but that's something that we deal with all the time. We're, we're more than comfortable to sit down. And we actually do a lot of succession planning, which it sounds to me exactly what that question yeah. is all about. It's ensuring that the family will benefit in the future from their property wealth. Um, and believe me, we're speaking about that almost daily with our clients. Thank you. Well, let's turn to Scotland's current market conditions for residential letting. Because CityLet's latest quarterly report indicated that seasonality was evident for the first time in many quarters, with a difference in the imbalance of supply and demand. You know, was this your experience too? Yeah, I think uh, looking at the, the the market in a whole, it's been very interesting time over the last few years. If we go pre-COVID for lettings, you know, when there was some balance um, in place, you would have quite a healthy private rented sector. The amount of properties that were on the private rented sector would come and naturally go within um, a time period where it was comfortable. There was enough, more roughly enough housing for the people that were looking. Then obviously we had COVID 
and um, everyone kind of hunkered down at that point whereby there was quite a high amount of supply but a low amount of demand due to the pandemic. Then moving out of that, we've seen quite a, a sharp bounce, um, that including the interest rates going up, rent caps being introduced. What you found is that there was a little bit more uncertainty from investors moving forward. And that we've seen has had an effect on the supply in the private rented sector. Um, meaning that there was not enough stock for the amount of people looking and that was fairly evident when um, you found that there were 70 people applying for one property. I'm sure you've seen in the statistics for CityLets um, the amount of stock that's been on the market for the amount of people that have been inquiring. Since then we have had a little bit more um, investors looking to return to the market with the interest rates coming down. We've seen a little bit We've seen things moving in the right direction, which is good news. Um, and the balance is starting to realign. We're far from it, but we are starting to see the balance realign. I think there's also been items like the introduction of short-let licensing, which has, has had an effect on the private rented sector. So yeah, in terms of an, the imbalance, I think we are moving in the right direction. We're not quite there yet, but we are certainly moving in the right direction. There's certainly more confidence in landlords um, approaching uh, the private rented sector again, where they were sitting on, the ha on their hands on Q1 and Q2 last year, just with the uncertainty, um, with the new laws that had been introduced, rent caps, um, interest rates. But moving forward now that we've obviously got um, some new news about the rent caps coming in as of March, um, as well as interest rates moving in the right direction. Um, we have certainly seen uh, a lot more investors moving forward, um, certainly within Cox & Co ourselves. Um, there's been a lot more portfolio sales, a lot more single transactions with people uh, purchasing property. So yeah, we, we're quite uh, excited about the future where um, things were a little bit rougher in, in the industry before. Well, Edward Glasgow recorded single digit rises for the first time in two years. So 9.7% and 6.1% respectively. What factors do you feel contributed to the slowdown in, in rental appreciation for Scotland's two largest cities? I think in terms of the, the, the slowdown, I think we need to take into consideration what's happening in the economy. Um, the the um, interest rates going up will have a, a major effect on that. Um, the cost of living will have a major effect on that. Uh, we've personally seen, I've got a lot of friends in the industry and, and speaking with them on the private rented sector, that anything north of say 1250 to 1500 a month seems to be struggling. Um, it seems to be a little bit slower. So I think that'll have an effect on the, the rise of the figures. Um, taking that into consideration with the um, cost of living, I think those have been really big determining factors of things slowing down in the markets. Um, but hopefully with the interest rates coming down, we will see the market moving a little bit um, faster in the right direction. Okay, if I can add as well, the, the rent caps itself has just caused absolute chaos in my view. Mm -hmm. People aren't moving, tenants aren't moving from property to property because even if they're wanting to move for whatever reason, the next property they're looking at it, the, the rent the rent has increased substantially from what we call COVID rents. Mm -hmm. So they might have been benefiting from a great, you know, an affordable rent for the last X amount of years and now they're, they're going to market to look for that next move, even if they can see a like for like but move to a different location, but the price could be three, four, five hundred pounds higher 
so they're just not moving. So not only have we seen uh, stuff at the higher end of the market, 1200 plus sitting stale, we're also just not seeing as many tenants willing to actually make the jump because they just simply can't afford it. And that's that's not our fault, it's not the landlord's fault. Everyone's had increase in costs. The landlords themselves have been getting crippled and that's why so many have moved out of the market. So therefore, what you've had, you've had a ton of landlords leaving and exiting. You've then had tenants who are, are looking at their options and saying, let's just sit still and sit where we are for now. Get rid of the caps or the freezes or whatever happens in the future, but get a bit more stability across the market to create more tenant confidence mm -hmm. to allow them to move on. Well, actually, just you know, talking about the rent caps because the Scottish government's just recently announced their transitional measures, um, which is involved a taper, which is going to involve a tapered approach for rent control after the emergency cap ends at the end of March. Can you go into detail then about these measures and also what your thoughts are um, and how how they'll affect the private rented sector? You know, while they're in place, because I think it's saying twelve months, but then that's going to be the possibility yeah. it could be for another twelve months. Correct. I think it's going to be interesting times ahead. I think the rent caps have created quite an imbalance in rentals. Prior to that, you would increase a rent, it would be amicable, and if it wasn't, a rent officer would get involved, and we would have fairly stable rents across um, the private rented sector. With the introduction of rent caps, it's created a massive imbalance. As John had touched on before, you would find properties that are well under what they should be marketed at, and only being able to increase it at 3%, again, is also forced a lot of um, landlords to sell because their interest rates have gone up. So with in the inclusion of rent caps, it has really made a real big difference to the private rented sector. And I think that has also been one of the determining factors of investors leaving. I think they're moving in the right direction with um, being able to increase the rent caps. Um, but it will be interesting times ahead in terms of, of what we see and how that pans out. Um, from our understanding in terms of being able to increase it more than 3%, it's certainly moving in the right direction because there are a lot of landlords out there that are well under the threshold of what they should be charging. Um, and I think also in terms of uh, introducing the rent offices again is that it also makes it fair and reasonable for tenants moving forward. The last thing we would want to do is make it unreasonable on both ends. It's finding a common denominator where the rents are fair for tenants as well as um, the landlords have fair market value. Mm -hmm. the, how can I put this again without kind of being I don't want to kind of cause too much of a rift or go off on one of my rants that I am well known for. The, what was put in place was completely unfair, in my opinion, and it didn't work for either side, the landlord or the tenant, and Correct. it just caused chaos across the PRS. Um, the 3% was absolute nonsense, and it has caused such problems for both sides. Um, I'm all for, genuinely all for, some kind of rent cap. I've always said this, and I think we spoke about this last time we spoke, Julian. I am a professional that lives for red tape. I, I come across quite relaxed and like a good time like anybody else, but then I've been a mortgage broker for 20 odd years. I love, I love red tape. I love like, um, regulations and legislation. I love when things are tightened up. I've seen a huge change in the lettings market in the last few years because of it. I think we've got rid of a lot of cowboys, and it's great, and I want more of it. I'm more than happy, and Cox & Co run a gold standard letting agency and therefore bring it on. I'm happy to take them on and I do think some kind of rent control is probably needed. Um, 
but just not to the level which we've just all experienced. So it will be interesting to see where we go in the future. There's constant change. Um, I love how much people are, are revolting and, and coming back against it. I think it's great. I've been a part of that myself. Um, that being said, bring on some level of regulation. I'll, you know, I'm, I'm happy to put some kind of cap on there, but I'm just delighted that we're going to get rid of this um, 3% come 1st of April. Correct. So then what are your thoughts then on consumer confidence in the, in the current market climate and the recent announcements mm -hmm. as well? I mean, consumer confidence is something I'm talking about a lot recently. I think, I mean, it's amazing. We are, what, four, five weeks into 2024, and the the levels of I mean, consumer confidence is on the rise, finally. 2023, as much as we um, we grew and we evolved, and then we launched our estate agency proposition, which has um, been absolutely flying, without being too informal, it's, it's been incredible. I'm maybe talking about that in a second, but... Yeah. Um, the big thing that I've seen just since the turn of the year, 3rd of January, it's as if the floodgates have opened and I'm, I'm absolutely delighted to see where things are going for us and as I do, Neil mentioned earlier, we've got friends in the industry, I, mean, I, I speak to my peers in the industry almost daily and everyone's the same, I'm, I'm loving it. So as much as I'm delighted to see the growth that we've had just in the last sort of four or five weeks, it's great to see everybody else is the same, so the sentiment is there. Consumer confidence is on the rise finally after a period of... Um, volatility mm -hmm. and again we can touch on all that again all the reasons for it but there's no need ultimately this is going to be a really strong year for um, the rental market the sales market the investment market all within property so long may it continue absolutely well how do you feel then that how Cox and Co fit in in the current climate and and how do you envisage Cox and Co's progression in 2024 yep I genuinely believe um, not just saying it because we're sitting here on a podcast, <laughs> um, 2024 is going to be Cox & Co's year. We've put so much time and effort into what we call our platform, building out each area and facet of our business. Um, I genuinely believe that putting all this time and effort in the last three, four years into growing out the, the four pillars of our, of our business, um, ensuring that they are there in a position of they can grow quite quickly. We have the, the team, the experience in-house, um, the understanding of the market, the right people on board now across the board. We, we are in a position that uh, we can take on um, exponential growth overnight. I think uh, we worked hard last year in putting together what our vision was going to be for 2024. And I think adding the addition to um, our company of an open market sales department has, has really been key for us in starting 2024 correctly. And I think in terms of the pillars we offer with us developing, we had the three obviously sourcing mortgages and lettings um, fine-tuned, but with the addition of open market sales, it really completes the end-to-end -end process of what Cox & Co can offer to the market. And um, as John suggested, it couldn't have been a, a better 20, uh, start to 2024 mm -hmm. with January. Um, and adding that extra on to um, our business, it, it's just it's flourishing at the moment, which is great. Yeah, to, to, to finish on that, or to, mm -hmm. the, the beauty of what we are trying to create is we have mortgage brokers, we have our, our lettings team, but our sales team are all property brokers. And the reason why they are called that and not estate agents, estate agents is because they do so much more than just a traditional estate agent. We can assist, again, um, 
every prospective seller, as we will walk them through a basic fact find. We, we want to get to know what their requirements are. We are buying agents just as much as we are selling agents. We can assist them with their lending. We can assist them with their insurance for their next purchase. Um, people can come to us now, list their property to sell, and at the same time we can go away and find them their next purchase for the right price while doing their lending for them in-house and offering a, a true one-stop shop for buyers, sellers, renters and investors in property across Scotland. And it's not, okay, I was about to say actually just it's not specifically Edinburgh, but it's across Scotland. At the moment, at the moment we are predominantly central belt, so mm -hmm. we have um, brokers. I've noticed a lot of your properties coming up for Glasgow. Yes. Sale and so right. we've, we've taken on our first property broker in Glasgow, Johnny Clifford. He is um, flying high at the moment. He's doing fantastically well. Um, we have uh, the, the, the property broker team is led by our director of sales, Judy, Judy Shields. She's well known in the Edinburgh industry. Um, Judy's been a fantastic addition to the team. And around Judy, we've now got five property brokers that are based in and around Central Belt from um, right up to as far as Perth. The, the, the aim and vision is to grow nationally and have property brokers across the whole country over the next two years. And my hope is to double the property broker team and trying to offer um, employment or jobs to, to up to around about 20 over the next two more years. I think to, to add that uh, to what John's just said there too, from a broker's perspective, it's not uncommon when you sell your property, you appoint an agent. The agent looks after everything in terms of selling your property, getting the property ready to go to the market, talking you through the process, selling the property. But what we're finding is that for some reason, obviously America's got adopted a model where you've got a, a broker for your purchase and a broker for your sale. However, people looking to buy just have to muddle their way through the market. And we've really found that um, our brokers, as John suggested, can assist with their future purchase and their sale. There's a lot that goes into, obviously, a purchase if you've not done it yourself, appointing a solicitor, making sure that the deal is brokered correctly, that you're getting, you're offering um, what's fair, you're not overpaying for properties. And I think we've really found a gap in a market for that in terms of what the brokers are doing. And it's a very one-to-one -one service. What you find is when people go out, you might find a senior negotiator will take a property on to sell and then they'll pass it to their team below. Our brokers will deal with you from end to end. It's a very personalized service. And I think, um, yeah, it's been a real gap in the market for that and we, we've exhausted that. Yeah, the, big, the key is working not just for our clients, but um, working with other agents. My hope, my dream, without giving some sort of Martin Luther King speech here, <laughs> is I, I believe the market needs change, the sales market across Scotland, and I believe that um, agencies need to work together more. Um, if we can share clients, then we can share fees. Everyone's a winner. Um, we believe if we get um, instructed on a property in a certain area and we know there's another agent that tends to list there more often than others, we will pick the phone up to that agent to say, hi, we have been listed here. Do you have any buyers in this area? Let's work together mm -hmm. to give people houses. We've just completed a, a really big exercise on our vision, mission, goals for Cox & Co. And ultimately, Cox & Co's North Star, if you will, um, is giving people homes, is providing people quality homes, whether that be helping them buy something for themselves, rent something for themselves, help people sell properties. We are here to give people homes. So therefore, this American realtor style, if you want to call it our property brokerage, is to, there to do exactly that. And we're gonna go to the nth degree and find other ways, look outside the box to make sure it happens. Thank you, because that's been really interesting and informative. So. 
for those um, that would like to contact Cox & Co, what's the best way to, to reach out to you? The best is call Neil. Don't, don't. <laughs> no, listen, no pressure. <laughs> we obviously are, are quite heavy on social media, but the best way to contact us, of course, as everybody, is drop us an email, um, info at coxandco.co. That's not .co.uk or .com. It's info at coxandco.co. We have our wonderful website, coxandco.co, but we're also on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and TikTok, believe it or not. So we're, we're putting a lot of time and effort into our socials. On another note, um, I'm aware that Cox & Co have a community partnership with Hibs. So can you share more details about this association? Because I'm curious to know why someone who's so dedicated and passionate about rugby has chosen um, this specific football club. I get that a lot, Gillian. <laughs> I get that a lot. And some clients love it and other clients hate <laughs> it because they might be prefer the maroon, shall we say. Um, <laughs> Look at the colours, yes, that Neil's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what, we are, uh, we, we, there's, there's no set team that, they, that Cox & Co follows. I, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm a supporter of Hibs. Uh, it's not that they are a preferred club by any means. Hibs, um, or 11 sports media through Hibs, um, approached myself and I thought it was a great opportunity for us. I've always put money into rugby. I've always put money into local clubs, I've always sponsored and, and in all honesty I felt I've never quite got the, the level of traction that I was hoping back from it. I'm always looking at ways to help with our own brand awareness, you know, a lot of people maybe, I still get people now um, who sing our jingle when we were on Radio 4 years ago. Um, yeah, no, no, you won't be getting me singing yeah. if, if it wasn't the morning drinking coffee. Maybe if we're drinking something stronger, I would sing it for you. Um, but yeah, we still get people singing, singing the, the wee time. jingle from, from, the, from the radio. Um, I've always looked for ways to help build our brand awareness. And when the opportunity came to get our name up in lights in a stadium, you know, being an ex-professional sports person and being an avid lover of sport in general, the thought of having our, our name up in lights around Easter Road was great. Um, and yeah, we, we thoroughly enjoy it when we get to go along to for, for hospitality and so on. It's been it's been lovely and to entertain our clients um, at Easter Road, they've been fantastic. Hibs have been great throughout the process. Um, we've still got 18 months to go on that partnership and yeah, I'd like to think we will continue that. But again, if, if hearts came to us or other people came to us, um, I'm meeting with, um, I'm, going, I'm, I'm having other conversations with people within rugby again over the next couple of weeks to look at other options at the end of this initial contract. I've loved it. I want to put more money back into the community. So therefore doing this partnership, the Hibs Community Partnership and putting money in, allow us to work with the other partners as well. We've, we've um, engaged with almost all the other partners uh, and with that I've created some, some new business for both sides. So this isn't just uh, hey, I want the Cox & Co brand up in lights. As much as it's been nice, off the back of it, our new network, our new relationships we've created off the back of it has been fantastic, which has in turn, like I said, given them business and us. So it's been a win-win for everyone. I also think in terms of Cox & Co, what we quite enjoy, uh, John runs quite a few events, whether it be a wine club or whether it be business coaching. Um, I think what we enjoy is not having anything stuffy for clients. You know, if you're going to a, a hard and fast speed dating networking event, it can become a little bit boring, but having something, taking clients to, to, to a football game, um, doing hospitality, it's enjoyable. It's a relaxed yeah. environment where we can get the, be the best out of um, networking with those clients. So, so yeah, there's, there's a lot behind it. 
There's a lot coming this year with Cox & Co. We've got a number of events coming up that will be in for clients and B2B. We're going to be putting on a lot of interesting things. Last year, we were all over social media and LinkedIn, and it's all everybody ever talks about to me and Neil. Um, 2024, uh, 2024 will be even bigger and better. Great. Well, it's been fabulous having you both back. I look forward to catching up with you. Well, sure, will in between times, but on the podcast maybe next year and hearing again about all your developments throughout 24. Thank thanks you. for having us. Yeah. Thank you very much for having us, Gillian. I'm Gillian Semler. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to the Let's Talk channel on all the usual platforms, including Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as on citylets.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And also let your friends know where to find us. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show providing insight into the world of property letting. More information on today's show can always be found on our show notes along with this podcast. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's talk at citylets.co.uk. Thank you.